Hi, I'm Liv Bolton. And this is The Outdoors Fix, a podcast to inspire people wanting to make adventures outdoors a bigger part of their life. This week's guest is Annie Ross. Annie was a banker who came up with a plan to complete 52 challenges in 52 weeks during a difficult period in her life in 2015. She did everything from swimming in seven Lidos in seven days to triathlons. She's now left banking and set up a company called Team 52, encouraging others to take on fun challenges and helping people with similar interests connect. So she's gone from working all day at a desk to having a career that's outdoors most days and encouraging others to lead more fulfilling lives. She's such a fun, energetic woman and we had a brilliant time chatting at her house in London. Thank you so much for inviting me to your house. It's lovely to be here. My pleasure, Liv. Um, it's fantastic. We're actually sat on your bed because it is very wet and rainy outside and our plans to record outside really haven't quite materialised. Yeah, I apologise. That's London life. Indeed. I've loved seeing on your Instagram recently some of the challenges that you've been doing. You've been cold water swimming in Lido's all over London. Yeah, I kind of take things up by mistake. So most of my inspiration comes from helping other people get outdoors and active and I do that to showcase the things that I've loved most about exploring London and suddenly you find yourself like I realise that I've done an outdoor swim once a week for the last three weeks so I'm like well I might as well keep going and doing all the outdoor pools I can do Absolutely. so I've committed to Hampton Lido this Saturday then I'm going to do Hampstead, po- Ham- Hampstead Ponds the week after just because and see who turns up Oh my goodness, if not, I go on that my sounds own, incredibly you? chilly, but very fun. Oh yeah, it's 1.5 in Parliament Hill, Lido, this Saturday, just gone. Are you kidding? Oh. Nope. <laughs> it was a very, very weird oh experience. Oh my gosh. Well, I want to talk so much more about your challenges later on and your Team 52 work, but um, let's take it back. How would you describe yourself to people who don't know you? <laughs> um, so, ooh, I don't know about that. How would people describe me as a bundle of energy? Um, I think curiosity defines my personality. Hard work is another one. I, um, my brother has actually just said to me, no one's ever going to outwork you. And I was like, Will Smith says that. If I can be as successful as Will Smith, I'll be happy. Um, so hard work, curiosity, and um, the power of people. So I'm a big believer in the amazing connections you can make between people that as society leverage one, I don't know, one heartbeat into many. That's quite weird to say it like that. But um, there's something really beautiful about what a team can bring together. And I've worked a bit on my own, I've worked a lot as other, with other people, and it's just so much more fun with other people. So, um, a sociable, curious, high energy, hard worker. There you go, that's what I describe myself as. That's not a bad way to be summed up, <laughs> pretty nice. So, have you always been adventurous, and, and where did you grow up? Um, I was about to say, I don't know about always adventurous, but I do have quite a weird upbringing, which was born into a family that was bit of Australia, bit of Zimbabwe, British, age five we moved to Hong Kong as a family. So yes, I guess naturally our family time was a little bit more like hiking in Hong Kong is, is an adventure in itself, as is going for a hike, I don't know, in Hampstead Heath. But um, Hong Kong, America, and then back to England for schooling basically. And then I have also, yeah, I chose to pursue a love of Spanish, so I have always sought adventure through other means as well. In terms of the active side of things, um, it's always been a natural, I've always been a naturally outdoors person. I wasn't a TV, and my mum never had to like tear me away from the TV to do my homework or to whatever, not get square eyes. I was always someone who made camps in the garden 
and when dinner was being called, I'd come in kind of person. Oh. So yeah, it's quite natural to me. Okay. And I guess it's the change between what's natural to you and what society's telling you to do, which is the interesting way we can take this this conversation. Oh, definitely. And <laughs> this one, we'll definitely touch on that later on. Because it's hard to yeah, it's hard to balance the two for sure. Exactly. If you could tell me, like five years ago, your life was pretty different, wasn't it? Tell, tell me what you were doing mm. five years ago. I was working in banking. So my free time probably wasn't that different, but my um, ability to choose how I spent the majority of my time was. Um, I, yeah, I left university and went, I had a little stint in renewable energy, then went into banking and loved it. Like it was a choice I made based on a few things that had as values then. I still do probably, but um, it was great. I was working in banking, Deutsche Bank, in corporate banking, which is FTSE 100 treasurers. And it was a perfect job for me. It involved the right amount of travel. So I got to um, use that Spanish that I mentioned. So I went and did a comment in Spain. I also speak a bit of Portuguese. So I got to go to Brazil. Like it was a really cool job with really nice clients and a really nice team. Um, but too much sitting down for me. Uh, it was a very say. long, like sort of 11, 12 hour days in the desk. Um, and it was a psychological thing of feeling chained to your desk, which I talk about every now and again. And it's feeling like you can't not be there just in case that email comes in and you want to be there so your bosses think highly of you, so you do the things they... I don't know, it, just, it became this weird thing where you kind of see the path ahead of you. And I was... I, I'm a challenge seeker. <laughs> we'll go into that, I'm sure. But it's, I sort of saw the path ahead, and my boss was um, very good to me and said, I think one day you might be able to run this team. And suddenly the challenge was gone, and I was like, oh. Oh, well, if I know I can do it, then it's not fun anymore. <laughs> Which is quite interesting. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, you had that sort of restlessness in you. What made you go and you decided to do a whole lot of challenges? Can you explain to me what you wanted to do and, and how it came about? Um, so it came from a place of this frustration of sitting down, feeling chained to the desk, recognising that the person I was and the things that make me happy, that, that outdoors and active thing I mentioned at the very beginning, was being deprioritized because of everything else that was filling my diary and it's really hard when you live somewhere like London and I'm very blessed with amazing friends and a very close family but suddenly your diary is chock-a-block and you look at it like there's no room for myself and there's no room for the things that I would choose to do if I had free will kind of thing and, and then that's silly because everyone has free will to some degree so I played around with that and went through a funny stage of probably three months of for better, basic anxiety thinking what am I doing with my life <laughs> is banking the right thing I know it's not where I want to be forever is now the right time to change all that kind of mm. flux that I'm sure many of your listeners will um, have lived through come out the side of be deep in um, I've got quite a lot of people in my life around me who are in that place now and it's um, it's a funny place to be um, and I was like right how can I do something that improves the way I live my life and um, a few twists and turns that limited my choices um, being a diagnosis of my dad um, with leukaemia that meant I wasn't going to move abroad which was something I wanted to do I was like right so I'm definitely in the UK I want to have some fun next year it's going to be a tough year um, what do I know I can do and the simple thing was like I know that I can share the joy of being outdoors and active and it was such a simple thing you know and it's just like that's so naff like the sharing the joy of being outdoors and active but if you take it back to what you know you can do then you can start to take those baby steps um, so that's what I did and I decided to commit to 52 challenges in 52 weeks to answer your question. It's amazing um, that. <laughs> Honestly, you, you did so many incredible challenges. So you did a challenge every week. Now tell me some of the different challenges that you did. Um, so they ranged. They were um, 
the first ones that I did were swimming, we talked about cold sores swimming, my first one on the 1st of January that year um, was swimming in Hampstead Heath Ponds. Um, then it took me into a whole range of things, I got really creative. So there were backwards triathlons, so I did a sprint triathlon um, backwards, so I ran backwards 5k, I did actually cycle forwards because it was along the canal in London, so it's a park run backwards and then swimming um, in serpentine backstroke. I did a 5 kilometer swim, I cycled to Paris to run Paris Half Marathon, I did my first triathlon, so Lundudno Sea Triathlon up in Wales where there's a jellyfish. Oh wow! Um, Alp d'Huez triathlon. So those are the kind of like the typical sporting challenge mm. ones, and then the ones like the backwards um, triathlon. There was a lot of swimming pool touring to showcase London and all the exploring you can do. There was lots of bouldering, so I love bouldering as a sort of cut off after work um, social activity. And so we did kind of what did I call it? The wall crawl. So we started off um, in Westway, which is a climbing centre over one of the Labbrook Groveway, and did a few climbs there, and then cycled to the next um, climbing centre, all the way over to Greenwich Reach. Oh, brilliant. So it was like 52, I was obsessed with the number 52, I still am obsessed with the number 52, 52 kilometres of cycling and 52 climbs, and there were 13 of us who did it, most of which were strangers who turned up, having seen a little bit of what was going on. Um, so that's a taste of them. There were rollerblade relays, there was a circle line relay, um, so that was running the circle line either on your own or as a team tagging in at different tube stations. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of whatever took my fancy to get me up to that 52 week after week. There was some dancing. I mean, absolutely incredible. <laughs> and, and the photos from those challenges, it looks so much fun. And you did this still while you had a job. Mm, I was still working in banking. Yeah. Still a full-time job, and you were doing a challenge every week. Did you? So you did it with lots of friends as well. You dragged people along. Um, friends who are listening, you guys didn't really show up. <laughs> so I was inspired to do it because of friends and colleagues who said that they either didn't get that I why I love doing these wacky things, and I thought they'd be better if they did. So they should, you know, I do them and they join. And um, it actually became very quickly strangers turning up because they were the people who my friends weren't looking for the things that I was doing. It was almost perhaps on hindsight, that lack of having a community, and not even perhaps, it definitely was. I, I wanted to do more of this stuff and didn't have the people to do it with. So by sharing it and making it very like, just show up, I started attracting people from groups like Project Awesome and well, pretty much Project Awesome really, but the Yes Tribe, all those kind of people mm. who wanted to just show up for something. It was very raw and just like, hey, it's this chick called Annie who's gonna be waiting for you outside the tube station to go and cycle somewhere kind of thing. Did you find it hard to fit it in with your full-time job? Yeah, I went a bit nuts. It was such, it was actually a really beautiful year in terms of um, not to be repeated, I would say, for my health. And um, I didn't, I, I became one of the people who thought it was okay to sleep five, six hours. And I was packing a lot in, like my job was still really important to me. And then there was the organising of the challenges, the marketing of them, and then the actual doing of mm. them. And it was a pretty, um, you know, they, they weren't easy ones like it was involved not getting injured all that kind of stuff mm. um, but the joy was when you are a pretty well I've mentioned at the beginning a hard-working person and it was a very clear focus um, in terms of the goal setting side of things I'd said what well, it was this one goal it was I'm gonna complete 52 challenge 52 weeks this year and there were chances that my dad passed away between challenge six and seven that was a great chance to stop doing it, like anyone would understand why I wasn't, but that wasn't why I did. I did. I took these on knowing that that was a possibility, if that oh, makes sense. Yeah. And it was almost such a clear purpose that it maybe saved me from some of the the trauma I could have gone through without mm. it, because there was something to look forward to, and it was the next mm. challenge, the next challenge, and who I to meet then, and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, 
So you make time for the things you care about was one of the things I set out on those 52 challenges to prove to myself that you can create that space and create time in your diary. And it's by saying no to things. I said no to a lot of things that year. I just put more time into sharing the joy of being outdoors and active. Gosh, I mean, that is such a, such a pivotal year in terms of the personal things you were going through and, and then also you know, discovering this, this whole new world of, of challenges and, and that love of, of completing those. But how did that year make you feel? I mean, it must have been a mixture of emotions. Yeah, it was a very confusing one and it definitely took... I learned a lot um, after it, I would say, when I was on the sort of the come down of it. So during it, you'd meant, you asked about my friends, and so my friends, um, not, they are sporty in their own sense, but like my old friends before the challenges were a huge positive to me because they kept reminding me of how what I was doing was not normal. Because you can get swept up with all these communities that it's really normal to, to, to say yes more and say yes mm. to everything, and actually you need to remember that it's okay to lie in and read the newspaper on a Sunday morning kind yeah. of thing, because you can get a bit upset. Well, you can definitely get a bit obsessed, I'm case in point, because it's actually changed my whole career path. But <laughs> um, the year, in, during the year, I learned some beautiful things. I learned some skills that I didn't know I had, so I became a journalist off the back of the blog I was writing. I have a story that is worth sharing, so I do these kind of things now, which is really nice. Um, but I also learned the importance of sleep, um, mm. I probably in the November of that year, my boss at Deutsche Bank, who I'm still really good friends with, which is really nice, said to me, listen, you're up for promotion, but there's a few times when I'm noticing something's a bit off the ball. And I was just so exhausted. Like I turned up to work one day and someone said, oh, have you been for a swim this morning? And I hadn't. It was just my bags and my eyes were so bad. It looked like I had goggle Aww. marks. So I was pretty like, I was pushing, I was pushing it in yeah. terms of what I was taking on. Um, but it's great because now I know like whenever I've reached an obstacle or a challenge in my life now I'm like you know what? if I could do that year yeah. I can do this and it was and I know that year was worth it for all the doors that opened and I've had a lot of downtime since yeah um so the important thing no was one of the one of the important things yeah. and when enough is enough so I want to talk about where that took you in a second but what would you say was your favorite challenge from I get that asked year? a lot it depends who I'm speaking to um the seven lighters in seven days which was a May one um Basically, as soon as all the outdoor lidos open to the public, because quite a lot of them are shut during the winter, only to club, well, open only to club members. So May was a really fun one because I think it was just about then when I'd reached enough people and communicated it eventually the right way that people suddenly got, they're like, oh, I get it. I get why you're doing this. Like, you're doing one a weekend and people can join you. And people did join me on that one for like in a, in a sort of major away in terms of I think like 48 people joined me in the oh, different wow. not yeah. not all not all seven lighters one guy called Adam who's now cycling around the world <laughs> um joined me on all seven of the swims but other people just came to their local swim which is the perfect thing is every challenge I do I try and make sure it's it's you can chunk it so that people different people can get involved depending on what they feel comfortable with but you just that was your favorite because of the people involved because of the people involved yeah, yeah. and I think it was just that like realizing like it's so nice to do something that's bigger than yourself because quite a lot of these challenges we sign up to are a triathlon to see if you yourself can do it so it's a point you want to prove to yourself perhaps um but then what and for me it's just such it's just such an innate part of who I am I'm a very um I don't know I'm not a giving person in terms of being a complete altruist but it's it's the gift I have the energy I can share um is is what made that one so special and that's I sort of hark back to because it was kind of a tipping point that opened, yeah. opened the path I bet and was there one that you thought oh gosh I really shouldn't have bothered um 
There were a few ones that were tricky. So the my first triathlon was that Lindadno Sea Triathlon, and I don't think I've ever reached a point of like utter pain. But oh. getting off the bike and into the run, mm. and it was an Olympic one, so it's not like it was like I mean, it was. Sorry, <laughs> not like it was super hardcore. I was gonna say, but it was. It's the longest I've ever done Pretty in triathlon. Hardcore, yeah. And I just thought this is a horrible run, and I, all I thought was triathlons are the least glamorous sport. But you don't do it because it's glamorous. You do it because it's grim, kind of thing. <laughs> um, so that, but that wasn't. It wasn't that I couldn't bother. It was just a learning. It was a crossing a tipping point that I had never reached before. Yeah. Um, I tried to learn to do a backflip. Um, it takes from a zero gymnastics base. It takes quite a long time to do a backflip. <laughs> oh so goodness. as one of the fifty-two, I had to call a day on that. But that was really interesting, and I've discovered this whole gymnastics community. So again, I failed it, but it wasn't can be bothered. But I guess the replacement of that one was some like just I was like, well, I've got to fill a gap now. Let's just do a random swim, and it was a cool swim in the Olympic Park where I'd wanted to go, um, and a group of us went and did something. I can't remember what it was like. 52 minutes how far can you swim or something non-stop so it was a cool one but yeah no there was nothing everything had a little bit of a purpose and it all had an inspiration attached to a memory or a pub session where someone suggested something silly you obviously did that as we said while you were working but then you had a sort of change of heart with banking didn't you? And you decided to move on. Tell me about that. Yeah, so that was, um, I guess it had been, like, as I mentioned at the beginning, the decision to do the 52 challenges had some root in knowing that banking wasn't going to be my forever, happy ever after thing. So there was an element of exploring without trying to set up a business. And I played around with, oh, I should just go like set up a fitness company. And then when dad's diagnosed, I was like, okay, not time to be starting a company. Let's have some fun. So there was that element before I started. And during it, my colleagues at Deutsche Bank were often like, where are you trying to take this? Is this something that you want to commercialise? And I was like, no, I'm just enjoying the journey. I don't know what the end is. And it quite, honestly, sitting here now in, here in 2019, like, it took me three years to work out what the end is and mm. it, it, you, because you need that space afterwards. But I left Deutsche Bank, so six months after finishing the challenges, um, I left um, and it was pretty smooth, like I worked my nose out, didn't burn any bridges, I'm still very much in touch with them, which is really nice because part of the Team 52 thing we do is working with work teams, um, helping them, so they're all helping me out and growing that side of the business, which is really nice. Um, but it was a nice, it was a very, um, I'd, I'd like banking for me was a brilliant five years and it, it helped form me in terms of work ethic, in terms of recognising what it takes to produce high quality work and work as part of a complex organisation because that I, I, the people I work with now it still completely plays into what I do. You left banking, obviously you were going to explore new areas but were there any um, reservations that you had? Were you, was it a scary moment or was it just truly liberating? Um, it was, so the, the handing your notice in anyone that's been through it, it is the most horrible thing like I thought my boss was gonna he could see my heart jumping out my chest and I got the confidence to hand my notice in because a guy that I'd met at a press launch and I'd had a coffee with asking him for help as a career sort of point of transition person offered me ended up offering me a job that I didn't take in the end but it gave me the confidence to know that I could get something else yeah. out of banking because that's a real fear if you've mm. been in you know that was basically my graduate career if you, that's all you know and you've done understand how these skills transfer into other jobs, it can be quite scary and you can feel it, you, it's that paralysis by analysis thing. So it was a really scary moment building up to handing my notice in. Once I'd handed my notice in, I learned a lot because I was like, wow, while I'm working these three months notice, this is how I should have worked because it was this level of recognising what's important and what you do need to do to contribute. Mm. 
but not getting too emotionally involved in the work you do. So yeah. on hindsight, I was like, God, if I'd worked like this during my whole career, I may not have had to have left. Because you start to like say, actually, you know what? No, I don't want to do that. Um, but leaving, so the day I left banking was the Wednesday before Brexit. Um, I worked with quite a lot of European clients, so it was joyous that I was not around for the Brexit vote announcement. Gosh, you really I was actually cycling in the Dolomites. <laughs> so um, I was really lucky. I, so I handed my notice in not knowing what I wanted to do because I got this job offer, but I wasn't going to take it. And I just sort of, I can't remember if I was stressed at the time. Probably, knowing me. Um, <laughs> but I, a friend of mine said, you know, if you, the Impact Marathon series um, are about to start up full stop was about to start up in Colombia and I spoke Spanish and I hadn't used it it was one of the things basically sport and Spanish put me I mean I could be happily ever after with just those two things forget about food and water just sport and Spanish <laughs> and so I got in contact with this guy Nick Kershaw who had joined me on a few challenges and I said to him listen I've quit my job I've got my, I've got my notice do you want some help he said yes so two weeks after leaving Deutsche Bank I was on a plane to Colombia on my own having never been there not knowing anyone um but as soon as I landed, I was swept up as part of this like charity network that were our feet on the ground and spent six months there working, traveling, organizing the marathon, the volunteering, and um, wow. then stayed with them and went to Nepal and race directed their race. So basically, I went from banker to operations manager of a wacky international marathon <laughs> company in two weeks. Thanks to all the experience. I mean, I'd got a reputation for being pretty organized because of all the 52 challenges. So it was... It was these building blocks that eventually become something. And then I guess it becomes that point of recognising that the next career you've chosen isn't quite right for you because it involves being here for two months, there for two months, mm. and hellos and goodbyes and hellos and goodbyes, and that's not the kind of person I am. So um, I ended up then using the other skill that I'd built during the 52 challenges, which is the writing thing, and going travelling for a bit as a, as a travel journalist, basically. So I went and learnt to kite surf and sea kayak and free dive in Mexico and the Galapagos. Wow, and then write all about it. That's not a and bad I job, about is it? It. Yeah. it was really good, but again, these, this like, grass is on the green on the other side. Mm. That, reached its, that reached its course for me after a few months. I was missing business and I was mm -hmm. missing community and that you can live all the experiences you want and you see on Instagram than you aspire to be. Behind it, it all, there's, there's, there's things missing as well. So, mm. yeah, people glamorise and I look like I live this funny like Instagram life, but behind it all... They're sitting cross-legged on beds doing podcasts and <laughs> working till 1am on spreadsheets planning routes of things and you know that kind of stuff that um no one wants to really see on instagram but it's behind everything and um, it's a funny it's a lovely journey after that and you came back to the uk um and now you've set up team 52 with your co-founder georgie yeah so tell me about team 52 so team 52 is a pretty exciting thing for us it feels very natural to be doing it it stems out of um, the work I've done, the, the fun Georgie's had as well. She's done her own 12 challenges in 12 months. Um, and it was born out of Sported, which was a charity that I worked with as part of my 52 challenges. They, when they saw my Just Giving page go up to support them, said, we want to get involved, we want to get more active, can we join us? Of course, that's the whole point of it. And they, as a team, built um, their own 52 challenges, basically. Between them, they did 52 challenges. So that was the concept of Team 52. You're a team of people taking on challenges um, and so that's what we do with our work teams. Um, from the regular point of view, it's basically a challenge seekers club. So we organise lots of um, random little activities like the swimming, we've got bouldering, we've got paddle boarding, velodrome cycling. Um, and it's very member led. So it's a community of people that get out and do stuff. Behind that, we've got some partner awards and discounts and things like that. Um, and 
you've got a sort of challenge tracker that you can track your challenges. But it's very much about um, helping people do more cool stuff, particularly, like I mentioned earlier on, when you don't necessarily have the people in your life who want to do that stuff and you don't know how to take that first step. So we're there to kind of bring people into that lovely flow of being. Yeah, I think that's a great um, great idea because, I mean, you're connecting people and then they will hopefully go off and do their own things together as well as with the dream team. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and, and so that must be quite a satisfying conclusion to this circle of where it started mm. um, to now actually be making uh, a proper career out of those Yeah, well, let's see if it works. It's, it's, we really hope for, if nothing else, <laughs> nothing else to show that people can do this. It's a really nice thing because there's so many people trying to build this career of outdoors and adventure and it would be really nice to to land on something. <laughs> um, but no, so far we launched in November, so we're in our fourth month right now, and we've got over 100 members, which is really exciting, and three work teams signed up on top of that. So um, it's going really well so far, and um, we'll see how it morphs as the year goes on. But it's very member-led, so we're listening, watching, organizing, tweaking, um, but it's quite fun. If your um, banking self could see yourself now, what do you think that person huh? would um, like. I'm, st- I'm very much still the same person like in terms of I, I had colleagues at Deutsche Bank be like I don't really understand why you're in banking you should be like saving children in Africa or something you know and you're like mm, wish my boss wasn't saying that to me <laughs> <laughs> um, so I as a person haven't changed in terms of the values I still hold in terms of the energy I still bring to things I hope I'd be proud of myself I'm still sitting you know, in the same room that I lived in then so not much has changed beyond that I've learned a lot in terms of who I am and what I need to watch out for of myself. For myself, um, I can push myself quite hard. Mm. Learning when enough is enough is really important. Um, I'm pretty good at cutting off from work, so I, I, I can just disappear into nature and not think about work. Mm. Um, right now, it's quite hard because Team Fifty Two is a little bit too much fun to stop thinking about. <laughs> but um, there's um, hopefully, hopefully, my banking self would be. Definitely. What am I saying? Of course, it would be. <laughs> she would be. She would be um, happy and proud. So, yeah. And, and do you feel happier in yourself and where your future's going? Yeah. I mean, I have days when I'm like, oh god, a salary job is so much easier <laughs> for sure. Um, but I very much, very much, very much this year in particular feel I'm on the right path. Which I have. Like last year, I was very sort of, I don't know, trying out different things, working, helping other people build dreams, their dreams in particular, and it takes that full circle to become yourself in terms of no I know what I want and I might as well get on and build it mm. um but yeah I'm pretty excited but it, I don't know who knows in three days time I may be like oh this is so hard um, oh, but I, if it was easy it, everyone would do it so exactly so what is it about the outdoors and adventure do you think that really sort of gets you going should I tell you what sitting here in King's Cross in London I think it is that <laughs> I think it's that fact that time stops and you get back into what actually keeps going when everything else falls away. And that's birds tweeting, it's dogs barking, it's, I mean, in my kind of nature, there aren't even any dogs either. It's, it's more mm. rural than that. Um, but it's the wind blowing through grass. Like it's the tiny little simple things that when you've got a concrete jungle and everything's tarmacked over, you just can't, you can't appreciate because it's not there. So for me, nature is something still and um, kind of is what it is. And it's mm. nothing else apart from what it is. So it makes me quite angry when humans go and tamper with it, basically. Because I'm like, no, it is what it is. And a dog's a dog and a bird's a bird. Yeah. And then we as human beings are sometimes sometimes this and sometimes that. So the nature is, is I don't know, also that sense of when you're in mountains of your place and actually 
nothing really matters. Like, try your hardest and be a good person, but at the end of the day, we're this tiny little speck on this massive great planet that's spinning around this ginormous universe. And there's some book I read, some one of the last year, that said basically that, and it said, so enjoy the ride. And if you think of yourself like clinging on to a spinning world, you're like, yeah, we should be enjoying this world and not taking yeah. it too seriously, as it while pushing your values and, and expressing them. Absolutely. I mean, it is, it is for me also incredibly, yeah, calming and, and great for mental health and de-stressing. Do you find that, you know, actually you feel much calmer and, and a happier person while you're outside? Definitely. As I said, that time stopping thing is just getting things back in perspective. And I need to check it because right now, because of organising all these activities in London, I suddenly look at my diary and I'm like, whoops, I haven't got any time. And genuinely, I think I haven't got any time out of London in nature. I need to change that. Mm. And so you do, and I've booked a weekend with a friend, and we're hopefully, hopefully taking the sleeper up to Scotland, which I'm really excited about. Oh, amazing. About. Where are you going to go in Scotland? I don't know, because this is um, Sophie Radcliffe, who you may have come across. Yes, so yeah. she's planning it, which is really nice. Someone else planning oh, something. That's fun. <laughs> that sleeper train is great as I know, well. I know, I'm oh, so excited. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so for me, it's, it's, it definitely puts things in perspective mm. and, and um, settles me. I feel a lot calmer. And, and you get exhausted, right? The wind blowing you... And you hiking makes you exhausted in a different way, but you come back refreshed and ready. And that's kind of the aim with Team 52 is you walk into work on Monday morning and you're ready for the week as opposed to recovering from the weekend. And you've got some cool story to say when you they say, how was your weekend? You're like, well, actually, you know what? I did this as opposed yeah. to, no, it's all right, thanks. Like, yeah, fun out with friends. Like, go spend time with your friends, but just do it oh. a little bit more bolder. are the three people who have inspired your adventurous career? So I think the Kickstarter, I mentioned it before, was my dad um, throughout my life, like he's still very present in my life despite passing away during the 52 challenges, but he was the Kickstarter to me taking on those challenges because of what he was going through. Not He didn't suggest it and it's nothing in particular he did, but by him getting diagnosed that meant this realisation that you've got to get out there and do your stuff and still I have this lovely memory of putting together my first WordPress, exerc.com, which was the name of the 52 Challenge thing and still my personal kind of freelance writing and speaking stuff, sitting with him like going through the website with me saying I think you should change this copy and da la and that's really that's like a lovely memory because he was there at the beginning of it and saw me through the first few challenges that one of my challenges was me cycling 100 kilometres to get to his hospital kind of thing. Oh, yeah. So he was very much part of it, obviously the way he brought me up he was a very um, I say, I changed my voice, like, very strict. He wasn't very strict, he was a very present father and cared a lot about us kids, so that was really nice. You know, you were definitely answerable for your actions, but he was one of those people who, um, <laughs> he basically was uh, <laughs> really chilled about the stuff that normal parents would be really cross about. Like, he gave me my first pack of cigarettes because he thought it would be better if I smoked them um, away from peer pressure and shot uh -huh. my own, which is great, yeah. I'm not a smoker. Um, and, but then got really cross about, like, turning up late, which is... A funny one. Well, it's not a funny one, I suppose. That's a respect thing. But he'd get, he'd flip out different things. So he was a really interesting father to have around. A big character. Like a lot of people were very close to him. So he definitely was part of the way that I approach life. And I have always been someone who um, makes the most of an opportunity. Like if someone says, "Who wants to sit up front with the pilot?" as an example, I'm the first. I don't even think about it. My hands up. Cause I'm like, I've never done that before. I'm gonna put my hand up because I just I seek that, and it definitely comes from him and my mum. Like they were a great partnership in terms of family parenting but um yeah dad was a great one um 
There's a few books I've read along the way. I'm a big reader and I've become quite a, a good podcast listener as well, so I'm constantly spouting little things. Um, a book that I read on holiday when I decided to take on the sort of exec mindset, it was a few months before I decided to do the 52 challenges, was Sheryl Sandberg's Lean In. Mm. And I just thought it was, it was a book I'd put off for ages. My brother had given it to you for Christmas and this was August 2014. And I'd put it off because I was like, I just, it's going to be all this feminism and like this sort of whatever power to the female, which I believe in people rather than women and men and rather than any other way you can divide people up. Actually, all people should be great to people and help create opportunities for each other so I was like I don't really want to feel do want to listen to this and I started reading it and actually I can like it's been criticized for its own ways but I thought the way Cheryl highlighted all the um the inadvertent assumptions we make about people was a really enlightening thing and it meant that I saw this different way of looking at the world and also the way that she approached her work life family life and everything else kind of gave me a little bit of a push to be like you know you can take on something else and have a passion project alongside work so that was another little trigger that helped get me on the ladder. So by the looks of it, yeah, it's very much the people, and I guess this plays into the team for two things as well. It's like there's little like leg ups you just need to, just to get you into it. Because once you're going, like people often say about big rows and things, it's getting to the start line and marathons, everything. It's getting to the start line that's the hardest thing. And I guess Dad and, not as if Cheryl Sambo, but all the books I've read and all the little snippets of things you pick up from people in your life get you there or don't get you there if you're hanging out with the wrong people, which is an important one. The third person was someone I met. I was introduced to him by someone I met in a queue for a loo, as you do. <laughs> I'm that kind of person who gets chatted to. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> so I met a lady called um, Gail in the queue for a loo at the Royal Geographical Society after a talk, and I heard her talking about triathlons. I was like, oh, I'm hoping to try my first triathlon next year. Woohoo! And she turns out she's an amazing triathlete. And when we met up for a coffee, because we, we swapped numbers, and we met up for a coffee the week after, and she was like, there are three people you need to meet. One is Anna McNath, one is Sophie Radcliffe, and the third is Danny Bent. And all three of them are still in my life. I mentioned Sophie and I are planning a little trip together. We've been running on the Irish coast. But the person I want to talk about is Danny Bent, who was, um, well, it still is. He's just been the most amazing supporter of mine, both emotionally in terms of helping me ride the storms, but also in terms of helping give me direction. So I turned up to his Project Awesome um, Free Fitness that happens around the country on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays for free at 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> the free bit's cool, 6.30 in the morning thing. <laughs> um, but he just has this amazing energy and we became friends straight away. He joined me on 22 of the 52 challenges, which Good was effort. immense. Yeah. Wow. Um, and made loads of amazing videos of them and just kind of mm. was a huge support in terms of cheerleading me and, and helping spread that word. We're on very similar missions of this bringing people together through physical activity. Um, we en then ended up working together, which was lovely last summer. So we worked on the London Relay together, which was a charity relay that was on a 10K loop from Tower Bridge, background in a circle along the River Thames, um, that started on the 29th of June and did not stop until the 29th of July. So it was a 30-day non-stop relay and members of the public could sign up. And Danny is the like mind and energy behind it and I was the doer who, who kind of made it happen. Amazing. And he's still working on that, which is great. And how many runners did you get then? So that? we had 1,800 runners wow. in total and raised 50,000 pounds, which was really exciting. That's um, incredible. And all pulled together, literally. I mean, I joined Danny um, six weeks before, so he got it so far before I joined and I was just the sort of putting the bow on it and getting the praise, which was nice. <laughs> but we had a little gazebo. No, so Danny has been an absolute um, superstar for me. He's on, we're basically on very similar journeys where we've got this really strong passion, mission, vision, and it's just about like, right, is it riding the storm to make sure you stick to it and 
it's very easy to be knocked off your path when no one else has carved that path before. Um, so we're in it together, working in parallel on relays and Team 52, which is really fun. Coming up at the end of the podcast, your real outdoors fix. A minute of the sounds of nature to divert your mind away from daily life. But first, back to Annie for her tips and advice. Annie, what would be your tips for people who want to become more outdoorsy, more adventurous? Um, commit to something. So I've learned this through, and I have to keep reminding myself every single month pretty much, goal setting is really easy. Sticking and committing to something is the hard bit. So I think in today's society, there's almost an obsession with goal setting and then suddenly like, oh, I'm setting too many goals. I'm not setting any goals. Mm. And it, it's this yo-yo. Um, but actually, the motivation, I don't think, is a problem for most of the people who be listening to this, for most of the people we interact with. Um, you, it's very easy to get inspired these days. So everyone's being inspired by something they're looking mm. at. I think the really hard thing is taking that step and committing to yourself mm. and knowing and kind of just saying to yourself, I'm going to do what it takes to get over that finish line. And it's not to the finish line, it's over the finish line. It's a really important thing um, because... It, just when you cross the finish line, it's not over yet. You have to recover from an experience. But I think um, doing what it takes to commit, and to me, in terms of all the things I've tried and all the people I've helped with this, is number one, making it public that you're doing it. So I think... Oh, yes, the pressure. Yeah, I think it's, it's that, that external accountability. So I'm quite intrigued about psychology and how different people are motivated and account, held accountable. Quite a lot of people are, so I'm an intrinsic and extrinsic. I'm, I'm a weird one where I care a lot about what people think, but I also, a lot, a lot of creativity comes from within. The majority of people tend to be extrinsically motivated, so they need someone else. That's why people get personal trainers. Like, you could do exactly what a personal trainer does without that, but you don't. It's why you go to yoga classes. Maybe you go for a bit of community, but really no one talks to each other. You go because it means you'll go, kind of thing. You book yeah. on because you know you'll go. So make it public. Well, I've just talked, I mean, maybe not the commit some money to it, but commit some money to it because if you book a race that costs £60, you're probably going to go and do that mm. training because you've put some money where your mouth is. Um, and then self-monitor. So give yourself some mini milestones. And I'm a big like, chart ticker. I, I Tech is a brilliant thing and having all these apps that track you is, is fun. But I literally, I have a journal in the back. I tick every day and I have little symbols of whether I've meditated that day, whether I've gone for a run, whether I've been, it sounds really enough, I've been conscious of my breathing because I can rush through life. Yeah. And it's, it's, I don't even look back at it necessarily, but it's, it keeps me accountable. No one looks at it. It's not, some people stick it on their fridge. That's another thing. You can totally do that. But give yourself some celebratory time for the little things you do because it's those little habits that keep you committed to the bigger one. Good tips. That's only one of them. That's just commitment. Well, I know. <laughs> Come on, bring some more because I'm getting inspired. <laughs> no, don't get inspired. Get oh, yes, committed. Sorry. Committed. Yes, over the exactly. Line. Yes. So I think that's very much what um, I'm motivated by is that turning inspiration into action. Um, okay, so commitment. I guess before the world, well, leading that commitment is get started somewhere. And that can be this, this kind of challenge thing I, I express in an active way. Um, Georgie, who I have co-founded Team 52 with and I came across each other because she sent me an email, literally an email. We've got three people working with us on Team 52 apart from her who are all contributors. They just sent an email. They saw something go up. It piqued their interest and they sent an email. One person, um, Veronica, sent an Instagram message and we followed up. It's, and we've, you know, we get little requests every now and again and some don't work out. We have a sort of interview process um, and it has to be a skill we need because we have to keep very lean. Um, but 
just send that email. If you see someone who looks interesting, I'm a serial, like if I see something interesting on LinkedIn, someone who looks like they may um, be interesting to chat on the phone, I'll send them a message saying, hey, check my profile out. Um, I think we might have some fun bouncing ideas around. And that's led to some really cool things. So um, if, whether it's about your career, whether it's about some help you need, whether it's a coffee because you've got a mutual friend, just send the email because you never know where it can take. And that goes back to my power of people thing. Um, we're better together in a non-Brexit way. Yeah. <laughs> Although I do believe that as well. Um, so yeah, so send an email, get started. Um, you never know. And for Georgie and me, it's led to some really exciting things. And we, yeah, you know, a few months ago, we didn't know each other, which it's is a cool. great story. Huh? Yeah, it? it's really yeah. fun. It's really fun. Investors one day will get thrown by it if we <laughs> be like, "What? You don't know each other?" Well, we do now because we worked here <laughs> three years. But um, um, so yes, send the email. The worst that happens is they say I haven't got time at the moment. That happens, like, or they don't reply. Like, there's no, there's no shame. And actually, people like self-starters and like the initiative takers. So that is another one. And the third one that I have felt more than ever in the last few months that I. Um, would love for people to also feel is keep doing what you love doing, be consistent and the world will catch up with you. Nothing happens overnight. Um, and I feel like in, when was it? I think it was November. I was like, you know what? I'm exactly where I could have been when I left Deutsche Bank, which is working on something that was the legacy of the exec 52 and 52, working, organizing this relay for a company that I've wanted to work with for a while. And those are the two things that were on offer me when I left Deutsche Bank, but I wasn't ready for them then. And I kept going and building up skills, building up confidence, building up my self-value, which is a really interesting one to learn when you leave salaried workers, how you, how you work to earn a pound. It's mm. very hard <laughs> when you don't know what that is outside of salaried work. But um, stick with it because it's going to be tough. And you may need to find little, like, whatever, plasters you need to stick on to fill those gaps, whether they're financial or whatever, to, to while it out. But if you want to be a photographer keep going just keep going because it will eventually and there's i think there's some like famous person who said if you want to be a surfer be a surfer don't be like a half-hearted surfer and it's something um that yeah if you do whatever you want to do but do it well is something that i um live by and the world does catch up like i get inquiries coming to me now as opposed to me having to send all the emails which is really nice <laughs> less less work <laughs> oh they're brilliant bits of advice actually and really tangible so thank you for sharing those they're amazing cool thank oh, you so much so much fun annie i've loved chatting to you i think <laughs> we could like genuinely chat for hours and hours and hours I but know. um for the podcast but you guys don't want to listen <laughs> exactly for their sanity we probably should wrap this up um, but thank you so much for being on the podcast it's been an absolute honor to speak to you and um about hearing all your adventures and also um just hearing you know about what the future of team 52 will be which seems really exciting thank you so much well i hope to see you guys out there Before we get to the real Outdoors Fix, which is a relaxing minute of the sounds of nature, I wanted to say thanks so much for listening. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe to it. Also, I'd love to hear your feedback about the Outdoors Fix, so please leave your comments on the website, which is theoutdoorsfix.com. You'll also find photos of Annie and her challenges, as well as other episodes. But now, time for a bit of escapism. <laughs>